Well, good morning once again to those of you who have braved the weather and joining, are joining us here in our sanctuary and to the greater majority of those who are joining us online in our online broadcast in the comfort of your warm homes. My name is Rick Lyman. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Christ Church, and it's my privilege today to share with you in the Holy Word of God, which is powerful and living and is active. Well, it's no surprise to any of you that this pandemic, this COVID-19 pandemic, has surely brought myriad changes to our lives over these last couple of years. What was once normal is a distant memory from the past. It's just created a great deal of uncertainty of all kinds. It's altered our daily routines. It's done things like forcing us into physical and social isolation against the normal patterns. And there's been this constant anxiety and worrying about getting COVID. Some of you have had it. Some of you are still concerned that you might get it. And we're all very much tense about those things makes us sometimes feel like life's a bit out of control. There's been many surveys done uh, since COVID pandemic began and that reveal that there's a significant increase in the number of people who are suffering the experience of stress and depression, anxiety and loneliness. And on top of that, insomnia has been increased in a great deal of ways. Many have increased their intake of alcohol or drugs to somehow use that as a coping mechanism for the increased stress and depression and anxiety that they're feeling. Sad to say, though, that in consuming alcohol and certain uh, illicit drugs especially only exacerbate the issues of depression and anxiety. So friends, while there's certainly a COVID pandemic, we're all very aware of it, we're bombarded with it every day on the news, not surprisingly, there is a corresponding mental health pandemic that all of us are living through right now. So friends, we're launching a three-part sermon series today entitled Lifelines, as you saw on the screen. As we experience grief, emotional instability, anxiety and depression and loneliness, many might wonder, where is God in all of this? Does God see me? Does God care? Is it okay that I'm really not okay? And who can I turn to? We'll be addressing and trying to answer those kinds of questions that many of you might be asking right now in this series. And others of you are caring for loved ones who are suffering with mental health challenges. And what can we do to help them? What more can we do? We're going to attempt to address those questions and give you guidelines and, and help in that way as well. So we can navigate together during this time of this mental health pandemic. But friends, I want to encourage you that God is always providing lifelines to us, no matter our life, whatever, what our life circumstances are. Sometimes I think we just miss them. The scriptures give us a framework for navigating through personal darkness and pain and assure us that God does see. He does know what's going on and that he does love us. So whether you find yourself in a personal struggle or things have stirred up in your life during these past couple of years that you never experienced before or that's happened to one of your family members, God hears, God listens, and he answers your cries. Let us pray to him right now and I'm going to invite you to pray that God's spirit will work in our hearts. He's given us his living word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And where things are the darkest, we need the most guidance from God's word. And I encourage you to pray for me as I deliver God's word today that God might give me the strength to communicate in a way that's honoring to him and most beneficial to you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the power that you give us through your holy word. 
Your word says of itself, it is living and active, and it changes us from the inside out, gives us strength and reveals things to us about ourselves, and also reveals your heart to us. Lord, help us to hear what you are speaking to us through your word by your Holy Spirit this day. We ask you, God, to touch those, especially those who struggle the most this day, the grace, the healing, and the very loving touch of your Holy Spirit's hand. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to share a little bit of my journey sometime back in my life. Back in early 2003, my dear mother-in-law, Shirley, uh, was diagnosed with lung cancer. And just about three or four weeks after a definitive diagnosis, she passed away, which sent shockwaves through our household. My wife, Carol, is an only child and was in regular communication. She was a central, her mother was a central part of her life, and that shook her and shook our whole household. In early 2006, my eldest brother, Jim, uh, was diagnosed with inoperable, incurable lung cancer. That sent shockwaves through my life. This is my dear brother, and with nine, within nine months, Jim was gone. Then just about two years after that, in November, December of 2008, both my father-in-law, Chester, and my other older brother, John, died within three weeks of each other. My brother, John, with a massive heart attack, was swept away instantly from us. In September of 2009, my best friend from high school and college days and beyond was taken away by cancer as well at the age of 51. And then in the summer slash fall, from June to October of 2010, both my mother and my older sister died of cancer. So our big family of seven was suddenly reduced to just three of us, and my best friend was gone. This barrage of losses all came so quickly in such short succession to each other, it took a heavy toll on me and my whole family, to be sure. I kept going, though. Moving forward in, in a pastoral role, caring for and providing pastoral care to many during this time, caring for them in their moments of loss when they had lost loved ones and trying to provide help for them. But eventually, I realized that I'd been in the dark so long that I had forgotten what feeling good felt like. I was living and walking in a dark cloud all the time, but didn't even fully recognize it. I had preached and taught countless uh, times on God's purposes in suffering and in trials and stood with families who were walking through those circumstances. But now I was living in my own dark and relentless storm that just wouldn't quit. And I didn't know when it was going to end. I simply had to try and endure it and hang on knowing that God was there and that eventually he was going to get me to the other side of the stormy sea, this lake that I was navigating across. But I didn't know when. I didn't know when it was going to end. It was that much stuff and way too short of a time for me. So friends, facing trials and overwhelming difficulties and confusing and perplexing circumstances is entirely normal for Christ followers. Did you know that? Some might give you the impression and don't let anyone tell you that Christians should be happy all the time and that God will protect you from all the painful, difficult, and overwhelming circumstances in life. The Bible simply doesn't say that. What the Bible says is that he will be with us in those circumstances, in those difficult times, and ultimately he will deliver us from them. But we walk through them. We need to endure them and recognize, even when we can't see God, he's really there behind the scenes 
caring for us. Listen to what some of the spiritual giants in the scripture went through and how they shared their pain when they faced their life challenges. The great prophet Elijah, one of the non-literary prophets of the Old Testament, didn't means he didn't write a book that has his name on it, but he's chronicled in the historical books of the Old Testament. Elijah, after a great victory over all the prophets of Baal, is fleeing from Jezebel who wanted to kill him. And here's his words in 1 Kings chapter 19. He says, I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who've already died. He was depressed and he wanted to throw in the towel and just say, I've had it. I can't take any more. He wanted to quit living. Job, who's very well known as one of the most suffering, difficult circumstances any human being's ever gone through, chronicled in a very large book in the Old Testament, he shares his feelings of depression in these words of Job chapter 3. He says, why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? For sighing has become my daily food. My groans pour out like water. What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Wow. And the great prophet Jeremiah, who is used mightily of God in many ways in the nation of Israel, he was down. He was depressed and he despaired of life. Listen to what he says in Jeremiah chapter 20. For he did not kill me in the womb with my mother as my grave, her womb enlarged forever. Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? These are words of desperation and pain from the great prophet Jeremiah. And even the great apostle Paul, who wrote a large chunk of the New Testament is used mightily to bring the gospel to the Gentile world and is personally responsible for the gospel message re reaching us in the Western world. Here's what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. Then he defines what he felt like in those troubles. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt like we had received the sentence of death. But then Paul, who had come to know that God did in fact have a purpose in suffering, shared these things in the next couple of verses. But this happened, he says, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead Listen to what he says in verse 10 and 11. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Friends, the Apostle Paul understood that going through those deeply difficult circumstances that God was there even though he was not apparent. He despaired of life itself. He was overwhelmed. But then he explains the purpose in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, where he says, He, speaking of God, comes, always comes alongside to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial ourselves. We can bring them the same comfort that God has poured upon us. Friends, God sees you when you suffer. He knows your pain 
He listens to your cries and your prayers, and he cares about everything that concerns you or touches you. One of the pivotal passages from the Psalms that gave me strength and hope and courage when I was navigating through that very dark season in my life was Psalm 34, the words of King David. Listen to this psalm and listen to it as God speaking. I prayed to the Lord, David says, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. And then this key phrase, in my desperation, I prayed. And the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. And then this key phrase, the Lord is close, nearby those who are broken hearted. He rescues those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Brokenheartedness, desperation, crushed spirit, many troubles, fear abounding. Does that ring a bell for you today? Does it sound like your life or the life of someone that you know? Well, friends, you are not alone in that. The experience of these kind of feelings is rampant, as I said at the very beginning. And many very prominent Christians and Christian luminaries, even of our modern era, experience those very same things. Even Mother Teresa experienced depression and despair. Listen to her words. Lord, my God, who am I that you should forsake me? The child of your love and now become as one most hated. The one you have thrown away as unwanted, unloved. I call, I cling, I want, and there was no one to answer. No one on whom I can cling. No no one alone. When I read that quote recently by Mother Teresa, I was like, wow, her? This great woman of God who profoundly impacted India with her loving, caring work, she was that far down, feeling abandoned. And listen to what Henry Nouwen, very famous Christian author, says this, the anguish completely paralyzed me. I could no longer sleep. I cried uncontrollably for hours. I could not be reached by consoling words or arguments. All had become darkness. Within me there was one long scream coming from a place I didn't know existed. A place full of demons. You hear that pain? These are godly people. People who are serving Jesus with all their might. You may have some of those feelings yourself, feeling like you're crying out and there's a pain you can't stop. There's crying deep in your soul that you don't know anybody that understands it or would listen to you. And maybe you've never shared that with anyone yet because you're afraid that others will judge you or label you as mentally ill if you admit that you're depressed or have anxiety attacks or have panic attacks. But friends, Rick Warren addresses this very thing. Pastor Rick Warren is one of those great spiritual leaders of our time who's done great things for God. And sad to say, a few years back, his own son took his life. 
He says this, why do you think that people are hesitant to talk about mental illness? He says the real issue is they're afraid. Then he goes on to say, if my liver stops working, I can go to a doctor and get a pill to take care of it. If my heart stops working, I can go to a doctor and get a pill or have a surgery and fix my heart. There's no stigma for that, he says. Why then should I keep it a secret if my brain, my emotions are sick? I have to and go get a pill for that. Why should I be ashamed of that? See, friends, mental health, what we're talking about here in this series, is a fact. It's a, it's a reality. And actually, it's a part of our physical health. No one should think less of a person or as if it's their own fault to be mentally challenged in some way. We never say that about someone who's diagnosed with cancer or MS or heart disease. Friends, Rick Warren says healthcare should not stop or start the shoulders down. The brain is a physical organ, in fact, that can be healthy or it can be unhealthy. And much of what is diagnosed as mental illness is actually a physical problem, not a psychological one, very treatable with medicine. No one would ever say to a person with stage four cancer, just get over it and get on with your life. Or it's, it's all in your head. You're imagining this or your thinking is wrong. And that's why you have panic attacks. Depression is a sickness that needs to be and can be treated with medicine and with good therapy. So what do we hang on to when we're in the midst of those circumstances? Or what lifelines can we give to others? I'm going to give you one simple, single word. This word called hope. That same Apostle Paul, who despaired of life itself, he refers to in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he describes how he was able to navigate and withstand that particular onslaught and all that came against him and get back up and stand. He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. No matter what the avalanche of bad things that has happened to you or is continuing to happen even now, you are never abandoned by God. It may seem like it. It surely feels like it. But God keeps his promise. To, God will never leave you and never forsake you. Going back to Psalm 34, let's take a closer look at how God feels and how he responds when we're at our lowest points. He responds and comes to us when we're bound up in fears and anxiety, and he frees us from our fears. He's a liberator. He's a deliverer. When we're bound up in fear, we can't see past them, but he's, the scriptures tell us he comes and frees us from those things. He saves us or takes us out of our troubles, ultimately, when his timing is perfect for that. He rescues us from the troubles we're in, even troubling relationships and hurtful people. And then he is close to those who are broken in heart. That's a specific promise from God for you. If your heart's broken, if your spirit feels crushed today, know for certain that God is especially close to you. He's there right now with you, wherever you may be. You've got his word on that. So pour out your pain to God. Be honest and real with him. He already knows what you're thinking and feeling anyway. And let him come into that conversation with you. Pray to the Lord and he will answer you. Look to him and you will back, get back to feeling radiant with joy. In your desperation, pray 
and the Lord will answer you. The Lord hears you when you call him for help. He rescues you and will rescue you from all your troubles and struggles. The righteous person, Christians, face many troubles. That's normal. But the Lord comes to the rescue every single time. So pour it out, as I said a moment ago, all your fears, your dark thoughts, God can handle it. Your deepest questions, ask him. God reveals his true heart for those who are crushed and depressed as he speaks through Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29. The same Jeremiah from chapter 20 who was deeply depressed and wished he hadn't been born says these words on God's behalf in Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I want you to hold on to that verse. You probably heard it many times in your Christian life if you're a a person that's been around Scripture and church, but hold on to that. God wants you to have hope, holding on to him that he wants to prosper you, make your life better, take you from the difficulties and challenges, take you through them, and give you a hope of better things coming to you in the future. That's God's word for each and every one of us. And to commit some time to some self-development every single day. Many things in our lives we simply cannot change, right? We just can't change them. But we can. The one person we get the chance to control is ourselves. We can take control of how we use our minds. We can take control of our thoughts if we'll come to understand that. Let them be guided by the Word of God. And ultimately our feelings and our responses to life will begin to change. Friends, I want to share a great resource. If you're feeling this way and wanting to get out of a stuck place, it just is a recently published book that I discovered by author Kristen uh, Butler. It looks just like this. I'll say more about this in just a minute. This is a phenomenal resource, a journal book. takes you through 60 days of journaling that will, I think, profoundly help you. But where it came from? Kristen Butler shares this about what prompted her to create this book. She says this about her own life. After a few pivots, grand successes, and devastating failures, I had finally hit rock bottom. I wore myself out, and I had nothing more to give to myself or to others. My life didn't feel like my own anymore. I allowed trauma, people-pleasing, and low self-esteem to lead me into becoming depressed, anxious, overweight, broke, and completely lost. I had pushed myself far beyond my breaking point so far that I felt exhausted and I literally collapsed. I was bedridden for weeks. Every area of my life was falling apart. I was disappointed in myself. I'd always been a solution-oriented person, she goes on to say, but during that dark time, I let my mind fall into becoming victim. The little confidence I had left in myself and my abilities had disappeared. I felt completely worthless that I had failed myself and God's vision for my life. She goes on to say this, living becomes about just trying to make it from one day to the next. We feel negative emotions daily, worry, blame, resentment, depression, and anxiety, just to name a few. We feel so stuck that we don't even know how to begin to climb out of the deep hole we have fallen into or created. Friends, have you ever felt that way? We've talked about this. I suspect you did. She goes on to say this. Rock bottom can be our greatest teacher as long as you don't stay there too long. This beautiful little book is called three, A Three-Minute 
um, positivity journal. Every morning, you take three minutes, and every night, you take three minutes, and you journal some very interesting things. There will be an inspirational quote on the top of each page if you take this on. Here's a, a feeling check. How are you feeling today? Now, how do you want to feel? There's a gratitude check to bring gratitude in every single morning. And then there's a self-care check, which is a very important part of this, a simple little thing where you go down, am I taking care of my body correctly? Am I getting enough rest? Am I taking care of my soul? Am I doing the spiritual exercises that are going to help me grow? Are we taking care of recognizing what our emotions are and how we're feeling? Are we staying involved with other people socially? Are you monitoring your own mental health? It's a great journaling tool that gives you an opportunity every morning and then every night doing it again. Doing a wellness check on yourself. Simply, did I do a workout today? Did I pray? Did I do some meditation? Did I, well, am I taking the right nutrition? Did I get out into nature? How much caffeine did I take today? How many cups of water did I have? Water is a life source in so many ways. A simple little guide that I really encourage you to consider if you're hurting or you know someone who is hurting. Well, friends, the Apostle Peter, who knew quite a bit about failure and the resultant despondency that ensued, shares this profound truth in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 that can work wonders for all of us. He says this, Casting your whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares for you watchfully. That was his secret. All of what he went through, the pain and suffering and disappointment and failure that Peter went through, he learned a simple principle. Take all of that and cast it into heaven and trust that God was caring for him. Max Lucado once put it so wisely this way. He said, everyone stumbles. The difference is in the response. Some stumble into the pit of guilt. Others tumble into the arms of God. Friends, if you're feeling very down and dark, get help. If you know someone that you love and care about that is unable, unstable and in a very dark place, get hope. Get help. Help is available for you and your loved ones. Friends, we're, in this Lifeline series, we've created a bookmark you can pick up on the way out. There's a QR code that'll take you to our website or you can go there directly. Uh, a, a vast uh, array of resources for you or your family, books and other resources. If you're hurting, pick up the phone and call the care department here at Christ Church. Our care coordinator, Jean Blighty, is here every day on the weekdays. She'll take your call and help you get, be guided to a place of care that we can provide. Either a visit with one of our pastors, a, a connection to one of our 26 lay ministers, our 26 Stephen ministers who will come alongside of you during that time. If you're really in deep crisis or know someone who is, we have a pastoral emergency phone number. It's our main number, 630-654-1882, and just hit the number five. If you're in deep crisis, need a pastor, it'll ring one of us who's on call during that time and get back to you promptly. There's a couple of other websites I want to reference for you that would be helpful. These can be very confidential. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to call anybody. Freshhope.us is a great resource. It's an international network of Christian support groups. It'll help you find your way. And also RemedyLive.com is a place for 24-7. There'll be someone there to chat with you and talk to you and help you get guidance. If you or yourself or someone you know is really in a bad place, there's also the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. 24-7, completely confidential. It's 
273-8255. There are lifelines all around us. If you're in that place, please, please, please avail yourself of those things even today. For the majority of us, I suspect it, we're not dealing with the mental health issues ourselves, but we know someone who is, and you don't know exactly what to do. You can't get them to go to counseling. You can't go to a doctor. They won't go to talk to a psychiatrist or whatever else it is, but you can do a lot. And the great book by Dr. Matthew Sleep, right here, which simply says, Hope Always, is a great guide for those who are wanting to help other people. In there, among many other great things, he shares 12 simple things, and I'm going to close with this, that you can do to help somebody and be there for somebody who's depressed or very down. Number one, visit. People need to know that someone cares and your physical presence means the world to them. Secondly, call. A timely phone call in the listening ear can be life-saving. Third, ask questions. Not probing questions, simply, what are you doing for fun lately? What does your routine look like these days? On a scale of 1 to 10, how are you feeling today? Get the conversation going. Fourth, you can just simply send a passage of Scripture or an uplifting note by an email, or even more so, maybe put it in the mail. Getting something in the mailbox is very significant. All we seem to get now are bills and advertisements. Sending a little note to somebody in the mail could be very significant. Then they can hang on to it and reread it later. Pray with the person. Maybe you don't feel comfortable praying out loud, but maybe just share a passage of Scripture with them and give them the blessing right out of Numbers, chapter 6, which says simply, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. Or maybe if you can, to share a meal with someone. Jesus did a great deal of his ministry over meals. Why? Because that's where communication can happen. That's where we can express care and love for somebody. Or take a Sabbath together. Take a day off and go do something fun with somebody that they haven't done in a long time. And last but not least, when you recognize somebody's in that really deep place, get help. Take the steps. My friends, God does see you. He hears you. He hears your cries for help today. He's listening even now. And Jesus moves toward you when you're most in the dark. He doesn't run away from you. He doesn't turn a deaf ear. He's listening even now. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the promises of your word and that even when we're in our darkest place, you can handle our deepest questions. Lord, we thank you that your grace is always sufficient for us. And I pray especially for those that are feeling that way this day. God, I pray that you visit with them personally and powerfully and move upon loved ones this day to pick up the phone and make that call, to go over and visit, to set up a lunch date, set up a time to take a walk, to walk them all, and if there's really desperation, God, give them the courage to reach out for the help that they need. Lord, I know that you're a rescuer. I know that you're ready to give help. And I pray that we will avail ourselves of those lifelines this day. In Jesus' name, amen.